Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Hello, everybody. This is Gerald Salente, and it's Wednesday, August 2nd, the day after the full moon. And we have with us again a man of men, somebody we're very grateful and honored to have with us, Judge Andrew Napolitano. His heart is the heart of a true American spirit and a patriot. And not only that, it's not only in in thoughts and deeds and mind, it's in knowledge and facts. And the facts are that I will put anybody in the United States up against him when it comes to discussing the realities and the facts of what used to be a Bill of Rights and a Constitution. Judge, thanks for being here today. Uh, pleasure, Gerald. Thank you for the generous introduction. Well, Thank it's you. the truth. And, and you have another article, and it'll be out tomorrow. And the title of it, Government and the Freedom of Speech. Quote, Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech, the First Amendment of the Constitution. And you go, you're right, the First Amendment is, is a negative right. It does not grant the freedom of speech. Rather, it restrains Congress from abridging right that preexisted Congress. So, you know, when you talk about freedom of speech, you have no freedom. All you have to do is believe the crap that the government shoves down your throat and swallow it. And if you don't believe what the government believes and you could think for yourself and have the own facts to think for yourself, that's misinformation. A perfect example of that is uh, the interaction, the interplay between the First Amendment, uh, RFK Jr., Facebook, and the vaccines. Okay. So RFK Jr., like you and me, like a lot of other people uh, who, who live to move the dial of public opinion, in your case and in my case, it's towards human freedom, and the same with uh, Bobby, uh, challenged the government on the vaccines and were prepared to argue, and we're arguing that these are not vaccines. A vaccine gives you a small dose uh, of the disease. You develop the antibodies. You don't get the major disease. These are just palliatives to make you feel good. And there's a scientific argument for that. Put that on Facebook. The government goes to Facebook and says, take that down. Take it down. Take it down right now. Take it down. People are going to get sick. People are going to get harmed. Get rid of that speech. And Facebook goes along with that to get the government off their backs. Question, does that violate the First Amendment? It absolutely does. Because the government can't do indirectly by intimidating Facebook what it's prohibited from doing directly, infringing upon um, or denying speech because of its content. The government can't take it down, but the government can use a carrot, we won't sue you, or a stick, we'll start investigating you if Facebook doesn't take it down. Now, when Facebook does take it down, when Facebook does get in bed with the government, I'm not picking on Facebook. I'm telling you about a real case making its way through the federal court system uh, in Texas. It happens as well with the other big tech. But the Facebook one, uh, because it's in Texas and it's getting a lot of, uh, a lot of publicity, uh, when Facebook does this, it will lose its ability to censor its own content. And the court will impose the First Amendment restrictions that apply to the government to Facebook if the court finds that Facebook is doing the government's bidding. So you get in bed with the government 
and you wake up with the same restrictions imposed by the Constitution on the government. If you get caught, if you have a few million dollars to uh, to file the lawsuit, if you can persuade a judge and uh, and a jury that this happened to you, it happens all the time, and we don't even know about it. We know about it because Bobby Kennedy is a public person, because they kicked him off of uh, Facebook, because some of the uh, doctors who wanted their arguments to be on Facebook got kicked off, and in the course of that litigation. There are all kinds of uh, of emails from Facebook executives to each other saying the White House is on our back. The government is after us. Get the government off my back. We've got to do something about this. Again, you this is this is uh, this is communism. It's Nazism. It's it's how dare they say what we should think or I mean, I'm not a moron. I'm a I write a magazine. I only put facts in it. And as you mentioned, this mRNA uh, uh, inoculation, it's the first gene therapy inoculation ever injected into a human body. And you can't question an operation warp speed uh, inoculation and say, listen, we need more data on this. No, how dare you? And again, and all it's not only censorship from the government. Look at all the media. They only had people on there promoting the COVID war. And I call it the COVID war, by the way, because that's what all the politicians, Trump, uh, uh, Boris Johnson, one after another in, in both parties, they called it, we're at war, we're at war. And they use war because to sell fear. And when they sell the fear of war, the people march off to it. And all you need is to look at the facts. 88% of the people swallowed the crap spewing out of the mouth of that little nobody George W. Bush, we're going to get that guy Osama bin Laden dead or alive, and we go into Afghanistan, the longest war in American history. The course is what? About $5 trillion or something, if the numbers keep going on. So the people are dumb enough to believe this, they're dumb enough to believe anybody. The whole purpose of the First Amendment is to keep the government out of the business of speech. Speech is a natural right that belongs to individual persons. The government does not have freedom of speech. The government has nothing to do with the marketplace of ideas. So the government sneakily goes behind the scenes to pressure those who own the bulletin boards, Facebook, Google, uh, etc., cetera, uh, to, uh, to take down statements on the bulletin boards that the government hates or fears or that, uh, that challenge the government. That's absolutely prohibited by uh, the Supreme Court. When a, a federal judge in Texas examined this evidence, he signed a nationwide injunction against the government, prohibiting it from communicating with any big tech about the content of speech. Of course, they can communicate with big tech about other regulatory issues, but not about the content of speech. An appellate court lifted that injunction, but I believe that the appellate court is about to reimpose it once it finishes looking at all the evidence uh, in the case. Why does this happen? Because there is no outrage. Yep. There's outrage by Bobby Kennedy. There's outrage by Gerald Salenti. There's outrage by Andrew Napolitano. There's outrage by libertarians. There's outrage by some uh, progressives. But the vast majority of Americans are, ho-hum, the government suppressed somebody's freedom of speech. I don't care. Ho-hum, the FBI spied illegally on 278,000 
uh, Americans. We did that one last week. It wasn't me. What do I care? There's no outrage because there's no love of liberty anymore because we are so immune to the government trampling our liberties. We expect it to happen. No love for liberty. And what'd you say about the trampling our? We are not scandalized when the government tramples our liberties because it happens so frequently. We expect it to happen. And, and again, it's the people, there's no fight. And it's so sad that it, it's again, the people are so out of touch. You know, I, they don't know anything about anything. I mean, what do they do? You think they're reading about all the facts going on? They listen to sound bites and that's all they know. You know, my father may rest in peace. They get up. I just started learning about stuff and I get upset. And you say, son, take it easy. People have little minds. And he's 100% right. I mean, again, what's your favorite war? World War I? No, I like the Peloponnesian War. How about the 100-year war? Hey, what's your favorite crusade, Judge? The first crusade or the 13th? You know, I mean, it's been going on forever. And the, the masses just march off. They do. And, and, and now, to me, they're dumber than ever. I, I, it, it was just people walking down the street. And, and you think I want to hear you screaming on your damn phone and all of, I, it. The people are so out of touch with reality. They have, they have no, no concept. This article that you write about freedom, it's so important. Because what you do is you talk about what James Madison said in, in, in crafting the First Amendment. He insisted that the word the precede freedom of speech in order to manifest the framers' belief that the freedom of speech pre-existed the government. The First <laughs> Amendment is a negative right. It doesn't grant the freedom of speech. Rather, it restrains Congress from abridging a right that pre-existed. Because the right comes from our humanity. The government thinks it can create rights. It can't. Rights come from our humanity, from our existence, to, to be alive, to think as you wish, to say what you think, to publish what you say, to defend yourself, to travel, to own property. These are natural human rights that exist in the absence of the government. Or the government grants privileges. It lets us vote to make us think we're influencing it. It gives us the privilege to drive on a government roadway if you pass the government tests. I get that. But rights come from our humanity. They don't require a precondition. They don't need a government permission slip. They don't need the consensus of the community. Speech is in that right. And when government interferes with a right, when government interferes with speech, it's doing the opposite of what we've hired it to do. We've hired it to protect our rights, and instead it's assaulting them. Last week we talked about uh, all those... Uh, all the spying by the FBI on 278,000 uh, innocent Americans. No outrage. Is there any outrage? No outrage. Is there, any there was no news. Not, Correct. There, no news, no outrage, no nothing. Correct. Well, the media, the, the, the media, which used to be a champion of free speech, the mainstream media, I'm not talking about you and, and me, the mainstream media is in bed with the government on all this. Yep. Mainstream media championed the government on uh, when it closed businesses and made you wear a mask and wouldn't let you go to mass and made, made just 
it's hard for me to believe this happened, but of course it did. And we all lived uh, through it. And the media uh, championed them, uh, championed them on challenge the government on these things. And they'll call it disinformation and take you right down unless you're on one of the websites that doesn't uh, uh, challenge for content. Yeah. Now, you know, I used to be on, I used to be on everybody. You know, I used to be on CNN back in the nineties and early two thousands, like three or four times a month. And they used to let me say what I wanted to say. No more. You're not allowed to be on if you don't say what they say. And uh, again, you, you, you have shows like the view and, and, and it's like so highly rated. How could you be so stupid to watch the crap spewing out of the mouth of these morons? How dumb uh, can you be? Colonel How stupid can you be? Colonel Douglas McGregor, whom you and I know uh, and profoundly respect, maybe the brightest military mind uh, in the country, advised Ron Paul and Donald Trump, cannot get on mainstream media. I mean, I have him on once a week, but he cannot get on mainstream media yep. because he challenges their orthodoxy. Yeah, Ukraine has way. already lost the war. The government knew before the war started Ukraine would lose. Oh, we know that from the documents that the government says Jack Teixeira released, the accuracy and authenticity of which the government has never challenged. McGregor is 100% correct. He, he footnotes everything he says. Uh, yep. He's funny, articulate, witty, and brilliant. They won't put him on because he challenges their orthodoxy. Yeah. Again, I used to be on everybody. I mean, remember I used to be on Fox all the time with you. I think that's how you and I met. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to be on your show. I used to be on Fox and Friends. I used to be on every all the time. I used to be on Oprah. I was on Oprah twice. You know, I was on all these shows. I used to be on the Today Show, Good Morning America, CBS Morning. They used to send the trucks up here with the satellites and shoot me all over. I used to be on everybody. Not a word. Not allowed. Not allowed. And I'll put my trend forecasts up against anybody. Anybody. Show me your track record and we can begin to talk. So I do trend forecasts. So going back to, to what you're talking about and the freedom of speech, What's going on in talking about freedom and the government in control? What's going on with this Trump indictments now? Trump, Trump has been charged uh, with three conspiracies, which is essentially a thought crime. Now, the Supreme Court has said the First Amendment protects the right to speak falsely. You can say whatever you want. So here's Clarence Darrow defending a guy charged with conspiracy. The number is a little dated because he said this in 1870. If a boy steals, he's addressing the jury. If a boy steals a dime, he's not going to go to prison. A small fine will do. But if two boys conspire to steal a dime and then don't steal it, they are candidates for the penitentiary. <laughs> what kind of a country does that to its own people? And then one of the jurors says ours. Now, at that point, he knew he was going to get an acquittal. But the point is, is well made. Conspiracy charges punish thought. They don't punish harm because by definition, there has been no harm. No. That's what Trump, that's what Trump is charged with. Look, I think his behavior has been uh, reprehensible. I don't think he's qualified uh, to be president of the United States. But this latest batch of charges are thought crimes. That's it. Yes. Thought crimes. Yes, that's it. Now, who are the witnesses against him? Gerald, his own people, Mike Pence, Rudy Giuliani, 
and three of the other lawyers that he uh, consulted. The government cut deals with all of them. They're all named as unindicted co-conspirators. They're not named by name because they cut deals with the government. In the Mar-a-Lago case, there are two co-defendants who refused to cut deals with the government, and that's why they were indicted as well. That's the way the government works. The government uh, coerces and bribes. Tell us what we want to hear, and we won't indict you. Don't tell us what we want to hear, and we will indict you. So this is just just noise. It doesn't amount to anything. Well, it's noise, but it's serious because the penalty is up to 20 years in jail. He has a very, very stern judge, and he has a jury base. The, the population base from which the jury will come is Washington, D.C. That's about oh. 90% Trump haters, as you can only imagine. Yeah. Not Northern Virginia, not Maryland, just Washington, D.C. And when will these charges, go, when, will the, when will this all start to happen? I believe that this case is going to be, even though it was filed after Mar-a-Lago, I think it's going to be tried before Mar-a-Lago. I think this case is going to be tried in December or January. Very, very soon. You're going to see former Vice President Pence and former America's mayor, in air quotes, Rudy Giuliani, on a witness stand under oath in a federal courtroom testifying against Donald Trump while he's seated right in front of them uh, in the defend at the defendant's table. I mean, this is almost like a movie. It's almost like you, Hollywood had crafted this. Somebody would say, it's not believable. We're not going to make a movie out of this, but yet it's going to happen right before our eyes. You know, bringing him up on these charges and forgetting the charges that should be brought up against these criminals that were called presidents for the wars that they started based on outright lies, that's fine. Little Georgie Bush could lie us into war. And as you have him on your, your, your podcast, and everybody, please go to the judge's podcast. They're really great. Uh, it, it's uh, Judging Freedom. And you have Phil Giraldi on there a number of times, and quite frequently. And Phil was a former top CIA agent that went into Georgie Bush's office when he was president gave him the document saying, Mr. President, there are no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. And Georgie told him to leave the office. And Phil Giraldi, being the man that he is, not only left the office, he left the CIA. Correct. And then, and then Georgie went on air and said the opposite of what the intelligence reports had revealed. And then they had Colin Powell give that horrible, horrific speech, which at the time seemed credible. Uh, which he would eventually uh, renounce, denounce, and regret, but the damage was done. What What kind of damage? Trillions in dollars, millions in casualties. Yeah. Destroying a country that... And who, who runs Iraq now? The same crowd that ran it 20 years ago. Yeah. And and the place is destroyed. And Correct. all those people's lives that have been destroyed. Correct. All the, all the uh, biblical uh, monuments and archaeological uh, treasures... And, and as you say, human lives gone forever. Yeah. And America, so nobody, nobody gets punished. Bush doesn't get punished. Nope. Cheney doesn't get punished. Obama doesn't get punished for bombing, nope. uh, uh, for bombing, uh, Libya. Trump doesn't get punished for bombing, uh, Syria. None of them get punished for using drones, uh, to kill generals, uh, on the streets. It just goes on and on and on. One interesting thing about these indictments of Trump is this is the first time a president, a former president, 
has been called to task for criminal behavior while president. Normally, like we're talking about Bush and Obama, they get away with all this. Yeah. I very said what's happened to this country, but what you said, where's the outrage? Where are the people? So everybody listening, please do what you can. Stand up for your life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that's been robbed from us. You know, they say, critical care nurses say that the greatest regret that people have, the dying people, is they didn't become the person they should have become and wanted mm -hmm. to become. And so, you know, you want to leave this place on a high note. And to me, the high note is that you do the best you can to live in the spirit of the higher spirit and put your money where your heart and mind is and support those of us that are doing what we can to, to support you. Judge, thanks for being on. Oh, by the way, on Sunday, I'll be in, um, in uh, New York City speaking at the Humanity for Peace rally. Scott Riddle will be there, too. So, again, all you people that want to do something to bring peace on earth, goodwill to all, please try to join us. Go to Humanity for Peace for more information. Judge, thanks a lot for being here, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Gerald. All the best.